If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Welcome to Sink, Swim, or Fly. Welcome to Sink, Swim, or Fly. In this episode, we got Corbin Fowler. (laughs) You brought the sound effects, bro. Hey, what's up, man? How's it going? Hey, so I am looking at this level. Bump yourself up like uh, two or three notches. Two or three notches? Okay. How about now? Little more. Little more. Oh, there you go. You're coming through nice now. Okay. Maybe you could even probably go a little bit more. You see the waves on the screen? Uh, yes. Ooh, okay, you can actually like a notch down. Okay. Perfect. Then we had that giant, that badass intro to the, hey, hey, check the mic, check the mic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, uh, wait. Uh... Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> I just died in a video game. So what's up, Corbin Fowler, guitar whiz extraordinaire? Um, you know, uh, I'm pretty much decided to, you know, quit playing music, sell all my instruments, and uh, dedicate my life to not, I don't know. To Jim um, Jones? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Dude, um, I wonder if there's still people out there that still worship. Was his name Jim Jones? The Kool-Aid guy? <laughs> um, I'm sure there are, man. This, this day and age, you could probably find somebody who worships anything. He, t- he took everybody out to that uh, place in a different country. I forget where it was, and then convinced them all for their for their god. They had to kill themselves. <laughs> that is fucked up. You know, that, that sounds like a career path that I might be in, in, interested in looking into. Dude, there's a lot of money to be had in religion, Fowler. Yeah, honestly, way more money in being a cult leader than, you know playing music it seems like a no-brainer it's funny you said that uh you want to retire and sell all your instruments because i sincerely have that thought all the time (laughs) yes i mean i'm joking but like every time i hear like really good music i'm just like no sell everything hey turn yourself up just another notch okay yeah okay cool and we'll be done with it um but yeah i i dude i listen you, you familiar with manchester orchestra yeah they for me it's the perfect crossover of like uh i wouldn't say americana but you hear the the progressions and and um just his songwriting and it in his voice and how well they're they mix in the studio i listen to those records and i'm just like dude i i don't care who i'm with how long it takes like i, can, I don't think i could ever produce something that good <laughs> i might as well just fucking quit dude it's it's true man and like i swear like some people they just like they make it look so effortless like like that's like recording and producing music is like is natural to them it's just like walking or breathing yeah i I saw (laughs) them 
I saw them, uh, shout out to Jonas, me and my buddy Jonas Lyon, we went out and saw them in Cleveland a couple months before all this happened. Oh, nice. It, they did one of their records straight through, and it was it was like the 10th anniversary of one of their albums. Um, and dude, it was spot on the record, note for note. They didn't extend anything. Uh, they didn't shorten anything in order. And I couldn't believe it. It almost sounded fake. It, it, like, you know, it it was insane. And I was like, damn, how how good do you got to be to pull that shit off? Mm. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> what was the what was the last concert you saw or last live show you went to before uh, all of this? Um, you know it's funny for a, for a long time I what I like started playing so many shows that I didn't go to a lot of shows outside oh, of yeah. like uh, outside of like local stuff uh, with people I was playing with. Yeah. Um, but I saw Manchester Orchestra at uh, where did I see those guys at? Um. Oh, shit, the Agora in Cleveland, and then okay. I saw Tramp Trampled by Turtles. Trampled by Turtles is probably the last band I saw. Are you familiar with them? Um, I've definitely heard the name. I've I've heard good things. Yeah, they're like a bluegrassy. Uh, they're like more modern though. They have more of like an indie, you know, whatever feel to them, and less like country country. But it was pretty badass. Um, that also sounded really fucking great. Sure. It's the last show you've been to, Corbin. Uh, let's see. Locally, for me, it was uh, I caught uh, Mackenzie Sprague and and Burt Knight doing the Optimistic Apocalypse and Shadow Tribe out in uh, Riverside at the Riverside Brewing Company. Is Mackenzie Sprague still just killing it, dude? Like, I don't even know how she's human. Like, it's, it's crazy. It's just rem- so good. I remember seeing her back before she did like cult classics. I mean, years before that she mm-hmm. was, I think she was like 14 at the time. Um, and I got special permission for her to open up for me at the Rook. Um, and her mom had to come and stuff, but she was so, nice. she was so good. But it, yeah, the, the Rook crowd kind of, I mean, for that kind of show, it kind of sucked because right. everybody's drinking, hitting on chicks and fucking, you know, broing out and right. nobody's paying attention to like the most beautiful thing they've ever seen. <laughs> oh dude. It's, it's, it's crazy to me. Like for real it's, and that's, that's pretty spot on for sure. I mean, <laughs> gotta get, like, we gotta get, we gotta get rid of all this broing out. Bro. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, it's like, I, I've seen them a couple times at the, at the Rook and every time it's just like, I'm just sitting there like mind blown. And you know, there's, you got the usual Rook, you know, energy flowing and it's, it's kind of a funny juxtaposition sometimes. Not to hate on the rook, but fuck you, Kings Rook Club. <laughs> fuck you hard. <laughs> Just yeah. But like not, not to hate, you know? <laughs> yeah. I don't want to hate on Erie, but fuck everyone in Erie. <laughs> you know? Just kidding. Just Emph- kidding. emphasis on the part that we're, we're, we're not hating. Yeah. You, you could know? say anything these days. Like, Hey, I don't want to offend anybody, but fuck all you. Yeah, you know, you know, as long as you preface it by saying I'm not trying to be offensive, you can be as offensive as you want. You know, Man. so I saw a post uh, recently that you are going down the uh, the music production rabbit hole <laughs> a little bit. No, yeah, it's it's, it's one of, it's one of those things you upgrade one piece and then you're like, 
okay, this is like part piece one in like a thousand piece puzzle. Yeah, no, it's bad. <laughs> it's, like I, I want to like, I want to put like what people like pay on a down payment on a mortgage, like into just like music production tools and equipment. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm checking out, um, I'm checking out a spot at PACA, um, for all you, anybody listening, not from Erie, um, cause we are talking a lot of things. Erie PACA is a performing arts place and they have some studio spaces. I'm checking out one of those today. Um, cause where I live, nice. I, I like the spot. I like the people I live with. It's cool. But like, as sure. far as getting a few hours to myself to do some silent recording, um, it's been impossible. And, and then every time I get set up, um, I like lose all inspiration. <laughs> Does that yeah. happen to you? Well, yeah, I, cause you, you've been to my spot, so you know, kind of how it is. Um, I actually, a big thing for me was like taking everything out of my bedroom and putting it in my basement. And for me, just having that separation of like immediate living space and creative space is actually like, it, it makes a huge difference for me, at least. That makes a lot of sense because right now I'm kind of, you know, in my bedroom, um, Cause where I stay, I just have a room. There's like a common area and stuff. And I have some roommates, but <clears throat> in my room, it's pretty decent size too. But like when you're, you know, sitting on your bed, you just not that feel dude. So like, I'm thinking yeah, if I can afford some sort of space to go and then it just, I'm there, I set up, it's all music related. There's nobody around. My only question about doing it at Packer or some, I was looking at some other places, um, like the storage unit places that rent studio spaces it's like how certain am i that i'll catch windows of like silence <clears throat> right you know um, i might still have that same issue people shutting doors walking in and out which isn't necessarily horrible but when you're trying to track like vocals and acoustic you know can't have people fucking having conversations in the background and like slamming doors right yeah yeah that's definitely an issue for sure we kind of um the the one band I'm in currently, uh, Bravura, we're putting a new album out here in July. And that happened to us when we recorded the drums. We we tracked all the drums at uh, Basement Transmissions. And like the one day we went there, it was like, like nobody had been there for like months, except for Andrew Todd, who's like, like a ghost town. And then like the the day we went to track the drums, it was like everybody decided to show up their studio spots for like the first day in like two months and like <laughs> like like you, you had this like deathcore band like <laughs> playing at like, you know and then like we like left and got some food and then came back and like they were done playing, but like some other band was like some jam band is like down there jam. We're like, come on. It took like two or three hours to find a window. You know? Yeah. Yeah, well, I, re I, re I recorded at ba Basement Transmission with Ben Waite one time, and we lucked out, um, and I didn't really think anything of it, but I had since been there with, like, John Teeter and checked out his space and then realized that that whole basement is, like, full of rooms, and I was thinking, oh, man, we really lucked out that day because, you know what I mean? How can you <laughs> – it's just not going to work out. You got a jam band next to you rocking out. Um, it's cool to have that space um, for, like, creating, but it's, like, it's, like – recording is like a whole nother monster oh god yeah yeah it really is. with your setup though you're probably doing a lot of just like direct in you're not doing a lot of miking are you yeah 
Um, I've been doing a lot of direct in and honestly just plugins, MIDI instruments. But how how long have you been playing that guitar, bro? Um, like in general. Yeah. Um, I started when I was eleven, like eleven, twelve. So it's been about like fifteen, sixteen years. At what point were you like, oh yeah, I'm a prodigy? <laughs> um, You're like, I was 11 and a half. Yeah, I actually marked that day down like on the calendar like years ago. So I can, if you want, I can tell you the exact date. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, it's actually on the Mayan calendar? Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> they, they prophesized about me, believe it or not. Um, Dude. You are a hell of a player. I remember the first time I ever heard or saw you was, um, what was it? Was it in special guest? That sounds about right. You were in a, you've been in a bunch of bands. Yeah. Over the years, right? Who were you? What band were you in before special guest? Um, nobody special, special guest was kind of like my, not really my like, introduction to the music scene because like i'd played in bands in high school you know i was i did like the whole eerie metal scene you know played in a couple bands and you know did like the 814 fest and you know played all the bars and like the cove in geneva when i was like legally shouldn't have been there all that good stuff but like special guest was like kind of like you know like there there was there was probably like a, a lull there for like four or five years where i, I didn't do anything or, or play with anyone so special you, guest was kind of like it. You weren't you weren't ever in you kind of replaced that lead guy that kind of that kind of had like a Hendrix vibe. Yeah. What was that dude's name? Tony. That dude bloom that dude was yeah. he was one of the most badass dudes in this whole area. Talk about talk about big shoes to fill. <laughs> yeah, and he had that voice, dude. And I think that was my introduction to uh what's his name? Corona. Mm. Oh yeah. What's his, what's his first name? Chris. Shout yeah, out. Dude. Shout out to Chris Corona. If he, he's thanks, like, he ain't, he yeah, ain't th- listening. Th- to this. Thanks for thanks for uh, getting us all into this whole whole mess. Freaking Corona. <laughs> the coronavirus. I, I think he's like part Chinese or something. Yeah, dude. He's like. <laughs> I think he is. This shit is crazy. Apparently, not to jump ship on topics, but sure. d- apparently, people have been like beating up beating up and harassing uh and in some cases like killing chinese people or oh asian people over this like it's their fault you know i th- that's a, i think that's the problem i don't know if it's america or people in general um but like we always have to have someone to blame you know yeah and like it's, there's it's always got to be a culprit and it's never ourselves <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that funny how that works? That's bad politics. You can't, you know, no omission of guilt. Dude, I, I wish I could be like that. You know, like I'm always the guilty one. Like I want to go, you know, <laughs> I don't even know. It's, I don't know if it's because I'm older uh, because I pay more attention or because of social media or what, but it just seems like it is a complete shit show that's going down in flames. You know, 
What, you mean the world in general? Just kind of like our government (laughs) and how things are being done and how like openly corporate or openly corrupted it's become. Yeah, for sure. And I think anybody that doesn't see that, I mean, I'm not like a, you know, researching YouTube videos of any conspiracy I find and like going down the rabbit hole. I'm just saying as a whole, I think everybody can kind of agree that it's corrupt. It's uh, all corporatized and it's fucking, it's, it's not great. Nah, dude, just vote for Joe Biden. It'll all be good. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm, 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 I'm not on any team. I think both teams are fucked. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely, I say that uh, sarcastically for sure. I mean, I'm, I'm like pretty much in the same boat. I think everything's fucked. I'm not an optimist. Like big picture, <laughs> big picture. I'm not an optimist. Like little picture, I'm super optimistic. Like on a day by day basis, I'm. I I, like living where we live, even like here in Erie, like is such an incredible hub for like brilliant, absolutely brilliant, driven and creative, like good hearted people. Like there's so much community, there's so much art, there's so much, you know, people every day doing good things. So like on that level, I'm, I'm, I'm like super optimistic, but like big picture, like I'm just like waiting for the meteor to hit us. Or like, yeah, I can relate to that a lot because I have a lot of I have a lot of gratitude for my surroundings and a lot of you know faith and a you know personal future and the people around me and yeah. uh, and community. But you know the people on the large scale are just like, you know, they're like running around with their heads cut off. It seems to me, um, and it's you know it it is funny too though, like you said, um, you know everybody's focused on that that government level. Um, and not so much focused on like what's surrounding them, like their community, but you know, things aren't that bad on a local level. No. And and I think maybe we should strive more to like make them better instead of being so focused on stuff. That's just like, it doesn't matter what we say about it. It's, it's just going down the road. It's going down. Yeah. It is. My house is good. Dude, it is warm today. Hey, finally. I started today. I started the day today in the rain. Uh, at like, I had to go cash a check. Um, it was eight a.m. and I'm blasting down State Street in the rain on my motorized bike. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> the only people who were out were like the homeless people. They're like, "What the fuck?" They're like looking at me all weird, and I'm blasting down the road, going like thirty-five down the middle of State Street on the motorized bike, just getting soaked. It was awesome. You're you're about to be that dude. Dude, I had a fanny pack on. <laughs> like people see you and like that like maybe don't know who you are and they're just like, "Oh shit, there's that dude." <laughs> <laughs> I would be, I've been thinking that, man. I had this camo fanny pack on and these uh like steampunk style glasses and a big skull on my hat and like a black bomber jacket just flying down State Street on my apocalypse bike. You know. Hell yeah. but, I was, but I was thinking that I was like, man, I've turned into that guy. Like, like official, like hangs out at the railroad tracks. <laughs> How long did it take you to build that? Um, it took me, it took me a while. I'm not like super, um, I don't, how do I say it? Like, you know, mechanically inclined, but, uh, I found a bunch of good YouTube videos and kind of built it, but this, I bought some stock stuff and it's like 90% of it's just trash. So then I had to like upgrade everything because I wanted it to be semi-safe. Um, 
but it's been pretty cool, man. I can't drive till 2021. The state of Pennsylvania deems me, <laughs> you know, not allowed to drive a vehicle. So that's been my, uh, that's so that's, my... that's, so that's your way around it. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I got this big old beefy exhaust. Um, that just sounds like, dude, it sounds like a giant Harley coming down the road and it just says, dude, on a beach cruiser. <laughs> It's been pretty fun. Hell yeah. I can't believe I haven't I haven't seen you riding around here on that yet. I really today was like the ballsiest I've been. Like yeah. I I have I don't usually just cruise down State Street because it's like it's I think it's technically illegal. Um sure. You know, but I think it's a gray area. And I've also because I work for uh I work for a cop and um from what he tells me, I'm, I'm, I'm putting it all out there because this is a raw show. I don't give a shit. I don't want to be getting hemmed up on a bike charge, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but that uh, with all this going on, they're not doing a lot of that petty in and out of the car messing with people right now. Um, yeah, but You know, if, if you like are running down the street with a pistol and you just shot somebody, they're probably going to get you. But from what I'm told, they're not doing a lot of this like random traffic stop stuff right now they're kind of putting everybody at a distance so i'm like you know me being the person i am i'm like you know i'm gonna black <laughs> i'm gonna ride it around and do some errands um but yeah i haven't been like over your neck of the woods sure. i've been too scared to ride it out to walmart too um yeah yeah it's like it's it's a little freaky uh, going down sixth street is nice because there's that bike path like that side bike path mm-hmm. but yeah I, I try not to be out in like a lot of the big traffic downtown it was just perfect this morning because like nobody was out but i was just waking up a bunch of homeless people who are sleeping on the bus benches (laughs) i should have tried to you know you guys got to get one of these yeah right dude i want one of those if i had if i had enough money like if i was a millionaire i would provide every homeless person in erie with a souped up motorized bike so the next thing you know not hate on homeless people Cause I've been there, but oh, next thing you know, you just got hobos flying around town on where the hell did they get all these bikes? Dude, that would be <laughs> when I, when I see hobos flying around on motorized bikes, like I'm like, all right, this is like the start of the, like the Mad Max stage of things. I know. I just like, feel like it would, I just want to like, you know, kind of like drop that off and into the, into the local ecosystem and then kind of like back away and just watch it all. <laughs> Dude, I don't know, man. I don't. I don't know that that's what Erie needs. <laughs> I don't know, man. I think we should turn it up. We need to turn it up on this. Like, if we're going to quarantine and be social distancing, we need we need to turn it up, man. Let's just <laughs> let's just speed up the process of natural selection. Ooh, I, like um, unpopular opinion here, but like I think. I, I think that like probably all of this like is the best thing that's happened to like our planet in years, like in probably in a lot of ways, like this was a necessary event to like save us or at least slow us down from like this disgustingly unsustainable trajectory that we've been on. And like, you know, plus like winter around here sucks. I mean, like it sucks that it's like May and it's like still snowing like that's that's good old eerie weather for you but like dude i say we have like like minus all all the death and dying like i say that like everybody just does like stay at home for like three months like every I think, year <laughs> like, i think too like hardship 
you know, I don't, it's, it's weird because I still see, you know, really ignorant stuff going on constantly, but yeah, I think sure. there is also something with hardship can, uh, can leave people grateful and mm-hmm. maybe change up their perspective slightly and, uh, maybe take a little, a different course. That's what I hope anyway. Yeah. But yeah, I, th- I think as far as the planet goes, um, I was seeing all these articles about smog clearing up in LA and overseas. They were showing like the, the, um, the satellite images of like how much clearer the sky is. I think for the planet, um, this was just the tipping point of what needs to happen. Yeah. You know, we need to pump the brakes on a lot of stuff, but I think we're so, we're so, you know, stuck on the teat of gas and oil industry that there's no slowing down. It's, it's pretty freaky, man. I think, when climate change really start, not to get too political or in, sure. into all this stuff, but I think yeah. when when that's when that starts to to show its face, man, it's going to be way worse than any anything that we're seeing now. No, I mean I've been I've been feeling that way for years. I've been like kind of just waiting on something like this to happen, but you know, you know, it's kind of like the way we've been living like not just us but like really globally it seems like for so long is like super unsustainable like at some point we're gonna have to make some serious changes or nature is gonna make those changes for us and you know especially in like modern society we're like even in our country like for the most part like 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 poor people like still have like a lot more quality of life than like you know third world countries or like other time periods and you know so i i think we get used to that like certain standard of living so like we don't want to deal with anything that's going to inconvenience us and like you know i feel super bad for like anybody that lost their like dreams or their job or their business or whatever over this you know on like on the flip side of that coin though like i don't I don't think there's like a way going forward to maybe like correct some of the things that we need to correct without it. Like an inevitable consequence is just going to be human suffering, pain, suffering and loss. So, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm not trying to <laughs> dive too deep into it either. And these are just like my thoughts and my opinions, you know? Oh yeah. I'm, I mean, no, well, no, I agree. I feel like we're but, just kind of, you know, Riding down the highway right now at about 120, going, we, yeah. we, we hope the wheels don't fall off, you know? Fuck yeah. changing it. We're not changing the oil. We're not doing anything. We're just going to yeah. pour it. Dude, I feel like the whole yeah. world is like that right now, you know? Yeah, yeah for real. <laughs> yep. So, man, okay, I want to get into, let me think. What do I want to get into, Corbin? Oh, dude, here's something I wanted to talk to you about. What's going on in, in the porn world, Corbin? <laughs> Um, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, I mean, what, what do you you're like? They're about? still making porn. I saw some porn recently. They, 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 the people were wearing masks. Dude, that, I, I wonder if, if that, is that becoming a fetish? Oh, you're like, how yeah. would I know Smilo? How dude, would I know? What are you talking dude, about? Are you kidding me? Like if, listen, rule number one is like if you can conceive of it like there's definitely somebody somewhere paying money for it 
I forget where I heard this recently. It might have been some other podcast, but um, I didn't realize that like hot dudes getting stuck in the mud was like a new fetish. <laughs> have you heard of this? No. There's no Shit. sex involved. It's just like really hot guys with no shirt on. Like, oh, I'm stuck in the mud. I can't, <laughs> I can't get out of the mud. And like he's all slippery and stuff. Like, I don't know if they're with, for women, but it's definitely with, you know, hot, sexy guys. Hey, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not here to, to yuck anybody's yum. Uh, that being said, hot, sexy guys getting stuck in the mud. That's, that's I'm, in, I'm into some freaky shit. That's, that's not, an American that's not fetish. my freaky shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that, that sounds about right though. You don't want to yuck no yums. I, I could see some like folks in the Midwest getting like real into that, you know, like. You know. Dude, that would be a cool band name, Yucking Yums. The, the Yucking Yums? Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, write that down. <laughs> All right. I'm like, you can have some of that Smilo gold. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not writing it down unless we're making this into a thing. Like The Yucking Yums. Yeah, dude. Like It's kind of cool. Sounds super indie. I'm Sounds like that band would ha- that band would have some killer truck hats, like some trucker hats. Oh, dude, we w- we would have like the sickest merch. Yeah, like um, we don't care what they sound like. Have you seen their merch, dude? We're like <laughs> definitely gonna have uh, we're gonna have lots of female merch too, man. That's the mistake I see all these bands do, and they got like all this fucking merch, and it's all for dudes. I'm like, come on. Here's something interesting. I heard, and it seems aligned with what we're talking about here. Apparently, this was a thing, and I never personally saw it or saw it advertised or anything. And I don't know if it's some mythical legend, but I had heard that the Flaming Lips had woman's underwear that had built in vibrators that uh, Wayne, their lead singer, he could control the vibrator from the (laughs) stage. And he would try to like run experiments. Like, could he make chicks orgasm while they got to certain points of the song? Um, And I thought like, that has to be true. I've heard that from a lot of people. I've heard that from a lot of people. And that sounds like a very random thing to make up. um, That is the kind of, that's the kind of, that's the kind of band I'm trying to be in. Like, when are we starting this? It's it's dude. It's it's a weird thing to cross over from like a globally fa- like huge band like that to like pulling off those ideas locally. Because I feel like to bring that up on a local level, people would have heart attacks. Like, where where is that cutoff <laughs> point to where you can pull shit off? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I see it a lot in stand up comic or comedy. Um, you know, if I went down to the, the juniors laugh, laugh and, and said some shit, just, you know, I'm Tyler Smile, I'm a local musician, I'm trying out comedy. And I said some shit like Louis C.K. would say on his special, like, would I be shunned? You know what I mean? Like, I see that with bands. Like, they, there's a certain level of fame that allows you to say or yeah. do stuff that you no. could never pull off on like a local level. No, there is for sure. Like, I don't know where that I don't know where that line is drawn. But like, I at just some feel point, like I'm under it. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, right. Like, like, uh, like one person can do it and they're like, they're God. And then like, you know, somebody else does it and they're like, they're going to prison, you know, like, <laughs> it, but it, like music's weird like that. It's like once you, once you cross or transcend over that line, you, you almost have like, 
like cult leader status. Like it doesn't matter what you do or what you say within certain boundaries, like people are going to be into it. Flaming Lips. I watched a documentary on them before. They're such a strange band and they're one of those bands that got together and had the vibe before they could play instruments. Yeah, like no, if, you, if, you, if you hear their early punk stuff, I think I don't even know if they were called the Flaming Lips at first. It was like horrible. It was like <laughs> trash can rock, you know. <laughs> yeah, and dude. then they're like, you know, yeah. we got together, we we had passion, and we kept at it, and now we're the Flaming Lips. Um, I just don't know how that happens, dude. I was I was listening. It's funny that you bring up Flaming Lips. I was literally just yesterday listening to an interview with them, and they were talking about recording one of their albums, and like they're talking about how there's like a particular song where they like fake played a trumpet. Like they didn't even play it. They just like had it there and they're like pretending to play it. And I'm like, dude, only the flaming lips could make not playing instruments sound better than playing instruments. (laughs) So what they just put like a sample in it and acted like that they played it. Yeah. Or like, or or it was just like for the purposes of like the energy of like what whatever they were recording it was just like having the trumpet there in their hands like gave them that like extra little bit of you know pizzazz i just picture the guy in the booth just by himself and they're all in the the the, uh the tracking room or the uh, the the mixing room and they're like okay roll it and they press record and they just kind of look at him and he just stands there shaking his head but like never actually plays it and they're like oh, perfect take yeah <laughs> yeah we got it it was tight <laughs> they just record dead air but like in that dead air there's a guy holding the trumpet and he's fucking feeling it <laughs> oh, you yeah. still there corbin yeah yeah all right dude it yeah. is getting hot hold on uh i gotta take this hoodie off it is hot in my house right now dude. i gotta drop these headphones say what you need to say I was gonna say, dude, you you trying to like go like roll around in some mud and film it and put it on the internet? Sorry, I just had to finish this uh, quicksand video. <laughs> <laughs> it's my like chubby hairy body just like sinking in quicksand. I'm like, no, stop it! No, dude, that you're, you're messing <laughs> out, dude. Like you're doing this musician thing. Just think how much money you could be making on uh, on Pornhub, dude. I was just like picturing you as we're doing this podcast in like a big ass mud bath. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It. Like when, when is the follow up sequel to this episode where we like, we're this? both, we're both in mud baths, just nude yeah. with, 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 with those Phil Collins style mic headsets on. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. Yep. Yeah. So man, <laughs> so back to music. Sure. Not that we ever left, but back to music. Are you, how did you start playing guitar? Did you start running scales or what was your focus? You know, where I would say me and you are two different players, you know? Sure. My, my initial focus, I, I, I heard Dylan records and I couldn't play music at the time. And I remember, I just want to be able to play a couple chords and sing to it. And because I wrote poetry and wrote short stories and stuff like that. So my focus was I want to learn some chords and start singing. And I think as time progressed, that's pretty obvious that that was my focus. Yeah. Um, and then somewhere along the line, I wanted to be able to pick, which I do a little bit of. But your focus had to be like, I want to fucking I want to shred. <laughs> yeah, dude, my my like intro to guitar was like kind of crazy. 
Um, Let's let me hear it. Let me hear it. I mean, maybe not like so crazy, but I mean, for me, it was going over to my cousin's house when I was like, like 11 or 12. And like, he had just gotten this like brand new uh, Epiphone was like, you know, James Hetfield custom, like Explorer, you know, electric guitar and it was like the coolest thing I'd ever seen. He's like sitting there you like, were like, playing you like, were like master of puppets and like, duh, 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 duh. and I was like, holy shit, that's like amazing. It's like blowing my mind. And he just like, he was like, well, here, he's like, you try it. And he just like handed it to me and just like showed me how to play a power chord. And uh, I don't know, I guess like maybe by the grace of God or whatever, like I just like some people struggle to like on their initial first steps to me it was like oh okay cool and then he was like oh yeah do you want this and like literally sat there and just like showed me how to play like metallica riffs and i just like watched him do it and then he'd like hand the guitar to me and i'd just do it like it was like not that difficult so at what point or at any point did you start bringing theory into it so so i'd you know, basically like on the drive home, like I begged mom and dad to buy me a guitar for Christmas. I was like, please. And when you were like 14? No, I was probably like 12, maybe like mm-hmm. 11 or 12. Oh, okay. That's right. That's what you said. And, um, and then they got me lessons at uh world of music with uh, a guy that's actually still around here. Um, by the name of Mike Moore that used to play in like, you know, like eerie, like grind bands, metal bands back in the day. It was like, and uh you know i took lessons from him for a couple years um showed me a lot of theory showed me a lot of technique um you know showed me a lot of crazy music like like he pretty much saw what i was into and just like literally tossed me right into the deep end like like you know day one was like oh yeah you like metallica and megadeth it's like you should check out like dillinger escape plan like cryptopsy and like all this crazy death metal and you know and that point in time i just wanted to play the fastest craziest music i could find it's it's crazy to see a lot of these jam bands um and you can tell that they're they're theory shred guys that just kind of want to be in a fun band and kind of rock out. And then some of them happen to take off. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know if you're familiar with like Umphreys McGee. Yeah. They're, they're a band I've seen a lot over the years. I'd never really sit down and listen to their records, but live you can tell, you know, those aren't just a bunch of like strung out hippies, (laughs) you know, like they're nothing like their fans, not to hate on jam (laughs) band fans. Cause I was in the crowd with dreadlocks and a patchwork backpack on. (laughs) Yeah. No, I was, I, I was there, but yeah, you know, those guys, those guys are obviously some very skilled trained musicians and you can yeah. tell that they like want to do something out of the box and just have fun with music. Right. Um, and that was, and was that cool for you to kind of play in, in, in like, like special guests? That's kind of like a jam oriented band. Um, and you're kind of like this skilled guy that can play metal, but you get a chance to like mix it up with like funky grooves and just kind of riff. Sure. Yeah. Special guest was awesome for me. Like, in a lot of ways like i've i've had a really unorthodox journey as a guitarist um even before special guest you know like all the way up through high school i I took lessons from a couple different people 
at World of Music, and I learned a lot of theory proper technique so i had a lot of like orthodox i guess you could say classical training i've i've taken some classical lessons over the years and then i've always been like just kind of like bizarre and experimental in like my own time like you know everybody says like you know you put your ten thousand hours into something well, like mine was probably a combination of like seriously sitting down and practicing scales and like disciplined regimented practice and then like just hours and hours and hours of just making shit up and and not stopping you're like literally not stopping playing you know out of the ether for like hours how much of that how much do you still do with that dude i try to get in as much as i can like those those to me are some of the best sessions are like even if none of it ever gets used or recorded is just like connecting with your instrument and staying loose um do you ever put these like obviously they're like artificial they're just from your own mind but do you ever just put these like expectations to where you're judging everything you play to the point where you're like fuck it and you just put it down and you don't you're like you get down and out on on what your your capabilities are that day or what you're doing and uh do you ever do that to yourself um sometimes but I've been having that issue. What I've, what I've found, I've I've found over the years, there there are a number of like, kind of like tricks that you can do, like pra- like almost like practice approaches that that you can like push through those plateaus or whatever. Like like sometimes if like say I'll be trying to learn some like crazy guitar piece and it's like kicking my ass. You you sit there and you play it like fifty times and you just like you mess up every time you just keep getting snagged like sometimes for me it's it's literally as simple as like setting it down for five minutes like drinking a glass of water like making a pot of coffee taking a hit of weed (laughs) and picking it back up and kind of going at it again you know breathing do that that's funny man that's i don't i don't know if you remember this but there was one time when you and i were hanging out actually back at uh d's house at the punk we're house like, yeah dude and we're like sitting there playing guitar and i was i was doing something crazy and you're just like you're like dude breathe <laughs> 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 and it's like it's funny because like for me that wasn't I'll... me that was that was the acid talking <laughs> <laughs> but it was it's funny you you actually that was like a critical thing for me like breathing is huge there's so many like small things that go into performance and to playing an instrument that like a lot of people don't think of and that that's like a huge one like breathing is like super critical and like sometimes i'll get so into playing something i'll I'll, like forget to breathe and i'll like you know like even when i'm practicing like sometimes i'll be like okay like my whole focus has to change now like dude it's funny because i should take my own advice there's like I, when I used to play shows in Jason Wilbur from swelling the ghost and uh, you know, Jason, right? Yeah. He helped me with this because he had played all over the world and, and toured professionally for years and years and years. And when he started out, he was a rock kid from the farm town in New York and, and uh, played with these pros and he was good, raw, natural talent. And they like beat him to death, but they, they taught him a lot. And he's kind of spilled some of that knowledge off to me. 
But like I used to, same thing, I'd get so red and not be breathing and I'd be so nervous and tense and I'd be soaked in sweat and, and, uh, you know, speeding up tempos and, and just kind of all over the place. And I, and he, he'd, he'd say that to me live. He'd look at me and go, breathe, dude, just breathe. Yeah. And, uh, I've gotten better at that to where I could focus better. I'm not a pool of sweat, you know, well, I'm not chopping strings in half. Yeah. No, dude, that well, like on, on, a, on a really serious note though, like that's a huge, that's a huge part of it. Like to me, um, especially live music, like, it, you know, it's all about performance. And at some point it becomes more about like, being able to play something it's almost like a sport you know and like the people the people that are really entertaining to watch live are almost like in a lot of ways very similar to like watching a professional athlete um i can see that you know honestly man like um you're really good at that like i've, I've seen you a lot of times where like I'm just like, damn, this dude's like entertaining to watch. Um, also, uh, I'm going to I'm going to plug him, uh, which is kind of funny to me to like do this back to back. But like also like Matty B's kind of like that, man. Like, yeah, that that dude just like runs around and it's just like fun to watch. And he like doesn't break a sweat the whole time. And I'm just like, you know how boring it would be to watch like a Dirty Pickles performance if like he just like stood up there in front of a microphone like you know, and like, didn't move around the whole time. Like Maddie, when I joined pothole with Maddie B in the gang, <laughs> Maddie B in the gang just sounds fitting. <laughs> uh, it, I hadn't had a lot. I mean, I've played a lot of open mics. I was doing some open mics, um, at, uh, at crooked eye and, and just kind of, I've done a lot of like campfire jams, stuff like that, but that was the band that kind of broke it into, okay, we're playing the shows. We're playing shows. We're getting paid for playing shows and we're traveling and playing shows. And, um, we had a lot of talk and chatting about, you know, what we're going to do, what we're going to dress like, um, how we're going to rock out. It, it was like, he is very, you know, I'd say it's 50, 50 with him. It's 50, 50 music. It's 50, 50, the performance. And that is, that is good information to have. Um, I, any excitement that I've ever had was just gen, genuine, you know, I don't really know what I'm doing. I'm riding off the rails. I try to be more controlled these days, but at the same time, that is an aspect to not forget to be, to rock out and have fun. Yeah. You can breathe and you can be focused and, and make sure you're on point with what you're the, the songs you're delivering, but that is an aspect that, uh, that I don't want to lose, um, and sometimes it's like a it's like a balance because if I'm too focused and and too caught up in how everything sounds and try to deliver the perfect performance, I think the 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 actual uh, performance and the showmanship kind of lacks. So it is a, it is a balance, um, sure. and it's something that I don't think a lot of people take into consideration. Like it's dynamics. Um, dynamics, I think, is a huge thing that separates the amateurs from the pros. Bands that can you know take you from a nice even keel to like blast you off and then bring you back down again with like really intricate volume changes and stuff throughout a performance. Yeah. Cause I know when I was younger, it was like volume 10 from beginning to end every single song. Um, I've seen bands like that live and it's just like, God, I can't take it, you know? <laughs> and there's metal bands. I mean, there's, there's hardcore metal bands that are really good at that. You know, yeah. I think it's a skill on its own. 
there's so much that goes into to music and doing performances. There, there really is. And kind of like you're saying too, like for me, um, whether it's live music, whether it's recorded music, like dynamic is really important to me. Um, I can't stand when you like find a band that does like one thing great and then never deviates from it, you know, because, you know, so, you know, there's a lot that goes into it for sure. So what kind of music are you over there making these days? Like what, like, so you do, you've been in a lot of bands, you've been in metal bands, you've been in more like funky jam bands. Sure. Um, I remember you, you, you played with Whitney, Whitney Wright for a while too, right? Yep. No, I've Um, done, I've done, I've done like, I've done a lot of stuff over the years. Uh, Currently. um, Yeah. So like when you're sitting at your house and you're working on like your music, like what are you trying to accomplish? What's it sound like? Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm as far as like my music, I'm, I'm kind of in a weird stage right now where, um, th- like this isn't entirely true, but for the most part, I haven't been doing a lot of writing or, um, like composing anything like solo or that's like personal to me. Um, where most of my creative attention has gone over the last, six months to you know the last year has been uh i got so i got my band resonate that uh is kind of like mm, it's a fusion of influences but I, you'd probably like roughly like throw it in the hardcore um genre somewhere and that that i've been doing since like last june um, so it's coming up on a year anniversary here, and that's with uh, Brent Knight, who uh, who who plays guitar, sings with Mackenzie. Um, he's our drummer and kind of producer. Brent Brent's an incredibly savant musician. Uh, his cousin Chris plays the bass, and we got uh, Jake Giuliano on uh, vocals, and so that's been a lot of fun. We're actually currently in the the process of finishing up recording for our debut album. We got pretty much all the drums done and a good bit of guitars and vocals. So, you know, that'll be coming. That I'm super excited about. Um, Was was that all? Did you guys uh, produce and record that on your own? Yeah. So is this the record you're talking about where you're tracking at Basements Transmissions? No, that's actually the the other band I'm in currently is uh, called Bravura, and they've been around since um, I don't know 2014, 2013, and uh, they've you know they're super super incredible. Like uh, to me personally, like walking into this band, like. Um, like awesome metal band, you know, they're, uh, I just joined them back in like December and we, we got to play one show together before all of this. We got to play down at the craft house in Pittsburgh opening for, uh, toxic Holocaust, like thrash <laughs> legends and, and fucking soul fly. Wow. And I've heard of soul fly. Yeah, dude. Like, yeah, we got to open for soul fly and that was, the first show ever yeah well for for me in the band 
And they, they've so are they pretty shows. are they, they pretty well known and have some momentum without before you? They do. They they've. I mean, um, I can send you some links. They're they've got a couple albums out. We're actually on Spotify. We've got an album on Spotify from like, like 2016, 2017. If you have a track, if you have a track that you don't mind me sharing, I'll just attach it to the end of the episode for people to check out at the end of all this. Sure. Yeah, I could do that. Yeah. I I guess, you know, like all of the stuff that we have recorded is like, they're kind of one of those bands. They've been through a number of lineup changes. And so like, they're super tight, you know, but like you know all of their old stuff sounds like super different than the stuff that we're we got coming out on this album that we're releasing in july so when you jumped in this band did you have to learn parts to previous songs that like somebody else had wrote oh yeah dude i had i had to learn like like an entire album worth how how difficult i mean i know that (laughs) you're the kind of guy that can kind of like you know you can kind of play whatever and in BS around a guitar for hours and hours. But when it comes down to like, okay, here, learn these parts. Did you just have to learn it from audio? So I, they're, they're all like super savant musicians. They, they like, I pretty much messaged Steve, our vocalist, Steve Attenborough. And I, I saw that they were looking to fill a lead guitar spot. And I'd seen them a couple times like play and, was like I'd already been thinking for a while. I was like, man, it would be sweet to be in that band. And then, like, I just messaged Steve one day. It was like, hey, uh, like, if you're looking for someone to learn like all your material, like, I'll do it, like, by ear if I have to. But they're like, nah, dude. They're like, dude, they sent me guitar profiles for like everything. So it was, you know. So that was easy for you. Yeah. Uh, like yes it was easier but like dude some of this material is insane like honestly i would describe it as like it's like technical death metal but like melodic at times and it's like tasty like it's not you know i don't know how much technical death metal you listen to i'm assuming it's not a lot but it's it's for me personally it's a genre that can be like really really boring despite being technically like you know impressive bro i do i do this folk stuff just for the ladies i (laughs) i i i I only listen to black death metal dude i i had my preferably swedish i had my dude it it was crazy though and this hokey ass folk music (laughs) (laughs) yeah dude when's 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 the smilo and the the ghost death metal album coming out dude i would I would love it. Any anytime I try to play some metal, it's like it comes off as like a ding 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 ding. You know, it comes off like super like eighties. Um, I, I give it up to guys like you because honestly, I've always said that I think some of the most talented musicians are like some of those ridiculously fast like banjo and mandolin players in bluegrass. Yeah, uh, metal guys on you know all instruments and then like really good jazz players you know that yeah. that's like the peak um i think a lot of banjo players that do that earl scrugg style picking yeah i think super underrated like that is shit is crazy and then yeah. you know the kind of picking that you do probably in this band i can't wait to hear these tracks from perverse right is that how you say it bravura b r a v u r a bravura 
Hmm. Okay. I don't know dude, why I got perverse. Dude, they're sick. I, I'm yeah. I'm so stoked to release this material. Like, um, hands I down. Love, I, I love I love any music that that like speaks to my ears, and I've heard a lot of music in that genre that, that does that. Dude, we so it's pretty crazy walking into this band in in 2020. Like they've been around for six years. Like, dude, they're they're doing some big things, or, or it's a weird we're doing some big things. But like a lot of it is you know, footwork that they've been putting in for years. I mean, where like, do you guys record at? Um, I mean, we track the drums at BT. Um, they're probably going to do guitars and vocals just like in my basement, but like, despite being self-produced, like, dude, we've got like an, an agent. Hold on for one second. Sure. Okay. I'm sorry to cut you off, Corbin. I had somebody uh, kind of bolt right in the door here. I had to kind of see what was going on. You still there? Yeah. Yeah, I can place this together, but keep going with what you were saying. I, 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 oh, yeah. All right, I fucked you up. No, no, dude, you're good, man. Um, Yeah, it's just, you know, it's it's crazy. Like, we get, you know, we, we got, like, a an actual, like, fan base following, you know, like, dude, Steve made me, like, an admin on, like, the official Brevera page, and, like, dude, just, like, the number of, like, random people that like our page per day that aren't even, like, local or from here, and they have, like, dude, so we just, check this out, this is crazy, this blows my mind, about, like, a couple months ago, right around the time quarantine started, Steve signed, or, or like, got some type of deal with this, this uh, company called Limitless Kicks, and got us like custom shoes they had like five or six different designs you can get like converse style shoes van style shoes slip-ons uh like with our logo and our artwork on them i was like dude get the i was like get the fuck out of here like and dude i'm excited for you they sold like hotcakes dude we like dude we sold like a dozen pairs like in, in like the first couple of weeks i'm like like this is crazy to me like we got all kinds of merch. We just put out a new new uh long sleeve t-shirt design. Um and we got this album coming out. You know, we're you know, we're gonna be, you know, floating stuff around to labels and stuff, but like we got an agent uh before all this quarantine stuff. Do we had like an actual July tour like going down to like Florida and like back up through like, you know, Memphis and fucking Louisville and shit. Dude, this quarantine, it's, it's hard, it's hard it's, with the musicians, man, because I'm, I'm sure that's like, that's what you've been trying to do, right? Yeah, man. It, I'm it, happy for you. That sounds you, badass. Dude, some of the some of the tour packages and tour offers that we get, like, are crazy. Like, even some of the ones that we've got to turn down. I'm like, dude, they're like bands that I was listening to in high school that now we're like getting offered to like tour with and open do we got a, we, we got a couple of fucking european tour package offers to go like play f- through fucking europe for a couple weeks in like a tour bus with like a stage crew and a fucking manager and shit i hope that happens man <laughs> one of one of these years man is is you know one of these years it's gonna be on 2020 came to collect <laughs> <laughs> fucking us all up yeah dude yeah it really did Dude, I totally, dude, I was like just starting to book a lot, just thinking about getting a booking agent back again, working on getting my license back, really wanting to go hard, you know, 
harder than before because this time clean, sober, and like on top of it, we got the gear, been putting money, and, and then all this shit happened, and like all that's on hold. I had to cancel like fifteen shows. It, not not that it was a European tour, like a full July tour, but like I totally feel you, and it just it. I guess you're gonna have to hold out. Are you guys still practicing? Um, I mean, we're not really able to get together as a full band right now. So, you know, really like the recording process has been our practice, you know, getting, getting things worked out for the album. Absolutely. Um, which dude, that's, that's a great process. Like that in and of itself is like worth a million band rehearsals. Cause then you like, you hear everything in, in such a different way and, you know, forces you to be such a perfectionist about everything. Absolutely. But um, I saw, I saw something about, is it tomorrow? I saw something that you were doing uh, like a social distancing show out, out at the Riverside. Yeah. I was Justin Moyer who books for them. um, Hit me up and they want to, at first I, I didn't know what was going on. I was like, is this legal? You know, um, and then I made a post like, what would you guys think? And of course, some people chimed in like, that's, you know, that's morally wrong. Uh, it's all, you know, blood is on your hands. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, dude, uh, you're gonna, you're, yeah, that's going to be a, a thing for a while, I think. But but I think once I posted like the specs and the details uh, and how they are cleared and, and following social distancing guidelines, um, everybody's like, OK, that sounds cool. I'm still curious. I've never played to a bunch of cars. Um, I don't know how it's going to turn out. I know that we are, we're going to be in the parking lot uh, to one side and they've got a pretty big layout out there. Um, And I know they're doing things legit. Uh, We're going to be under a tent where I'm bringing in, I'm hiring some killer sound guys. Um, We're going to have, I mean, we're going to be pumping some serious sound. I, I, I wanted to be able to have a little broadcaster hooked up to the mix and send it to radio stations, um, within like a hundred, 200 feet. So people could tune into a station and hear the mix on their stereo while they listen. Um, but that we actually ordered me and my buddy who's been doing my live streams, shout out to Derek Hayes. We, he actually ordered this piece, um, so that we'll have it if anything like this comes up again, which it might. Um, I'm trying to talk Chicolets on the Bay into doing this. Um, you know, they got that big ass field out there, but we shall see, we shall see what happens. Um, I've never played to a bunch of cars. Dude. So that's all like, I I think that's going to be a thing for a while now. I'm, I'm excited, man. I'm, I'm definitely going to come out and check it out. You're coming. Hell yeah, dude. You know, I've, even there just seems like going forward it's going to be like more of a gradual return to we'll say normalcy if that's the right word have you seen that setup at chicolets on the bay um i no have you been there are are you are you talking about like 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 since all of this has been happening like they got like a new setup or are you just talking about like this like well in general they have that big ass stage Oh, right. Yeah. It's kind of like, it's, to be honest, it's, it's kind of not the greatest for their patio. Um, and I've played there. I actually worked there. I've been cooking there. Uh, I cooked there last summer. I've been cooking there this year. So I've kind of like got some inside info. Um, but 
yeah, as soon as all the gigs were canceled, I had to like, I'm back to flipping burgers, bro. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah. But anyway, they've, it's honestly ideal. It's a huge open field. It's cleared, maintained, and they've got that giant stage out there. And the the bands usually play and it's like 20 30 yards off the off the patio so when you're playing for the patio it's like really you're far back and you're not like in the mix at all and it's kind of you know it's not you lose that intimacy but if you turn the band around you'd be playing to a giant field and dude you could probably park i mean even with putting like six feet in between each car you could play to a lot of cars um and, you know, they're optimistic that everything's going to be business as usual soon. I think reality is going to check in, you know, and it's not really going to be like that. Right. So I'm trying to talk them into doing something like that because they're really set up for it, unlike any other venue in town. Like they got that space right on the property. But it would, you know, I think the music's got to go on. You know, if this shit continues and everything's getting canceled, we're going to make it. I want to try to be a part of making it happen regardless. Right. Well, if I don't retire, if I don't retire before that. (laughs) Yeah, dude, you can be like me. Just sell all the instruments on eBay. I've thought about I've thought about like making posts before shows that was like, listen, guys, this is my last show. I'm retired. And yeah, dude, being all depressing. And then as soon as everybody comes in, like, psych. Dude, be just be like Slayer. Just be like every every show you play is your last show, or like every every tour is the last tour. We could do that for thirty years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. Slayer's been doing it for like a decade now. I'm oh. like, my last show is going to be this Tuesday down at Rumrunners. <laughs> going oh, out yeah, with, a, with a four hour banger, dude. But like on a serious note, like, man, when when's the drive-in tour? Because that's that's what's going to have to be. I feel like like it's going to be a little bit it's going to have to be like a level of ingenuity that keeps shit going. Because like you said, like there's a lot of places right now that are optimistic about going back, you know, just to normal. And where I think the reality is going to set in is going to be like, like I keep on running different scenarios through my head. And the one that seems to make the most sense to me is like, so maybe like maybe the state governors are like Wolf for our state like whatever relax the restrictions a little bit or like put us on yellow status or like we can kind of open but there's going to be regulations i think what's going to happen is a lot of people are still going to like do the voluntary social distancing and a lot of people are still going to play it on the conservative stay at home side for probably six months to a year from now or whenever it is they come out with some vaccine or you know and so like vet you know venues can be like whatever and bands can be like whatever but what it's going to come down to is like what's the turnout going to be like yeah and i think like it could go either way but i could definitely see it being where like dude if numbers start like going up then like more and more people are going to be like well shit maybe we should stay at home and then it'll be just like a matter of like, is it going to be feasible for businesses to do that if they're like operating at whatever capacity and then people aren't showing up? I, or- keep, I don't I, I don't know about you, but I, I keep going back and forth with my fear level. Uh, like some days I'm like, this is bullshit. I'm not <laughs> worried at all. And then other days I hear about like, you know, perfectly healthy 
guys like young like there, there's a comedian uh his his name is michael yo i just watched a podcast with him the other day and at that point i was like okay more and more numbers are coming out it's it's more people had it than they thought uh the death rate is way lower than they initially thought and i think they're finding that out like a lot of people uh have no symptoms. Like there's a huge percentage of people that get COVID that have zero symptoms. Right. So there's way more people had it than, than we know because lack of testing, but this Michael Yo guy doesn't do drugs, doesn't drink, um, really fit dude in shape. It almost killed him. Right. Um, and, and then his mom got it apparently. And she was absolutely fine. It didn't even notice. So it's, it's like, okay, you know, it's just not, it's not necessary, you know, cause I go back and forth from like, Hey, if you're elderly and you've got like heart disease or something like you're pretty much toast, but if you're my age and you're pretty healthy, um, you're fine, but that's not necessarily the case. It's like, you know, it's like rolling right. the dice. You might be one of those people genetically that just gets it and cannot handle it and you just die. Well, that's, that's kind of where I'm at with it. Like I, I might be, um, unpopular opinion here. But, like, I just feel it's, like, natural selection. Like, I trust nature more than I trust humans. You know? Yeah, I see what you're saying. So, like, like to me, it, like, I definitely understand being afraid of it. And um, so, like, I guess it's, like... You know, if you're to me, it's like if you're really worried about it, then you're going to take the precautions to protect yourself. Like for me personally, I guess it's like I'm not scared enough of dying to want to stop living. You know, Ooh. like I, I'd be, rather that should be on a T-shirt. <laughs> I know that's like one it's <laughs> like a Hallmark card, like a real, <laughs> you know what I mean? But, but I that's, feel exactly what you're saying. Like um, I'd rather I'd rather live like a king for a day than than live like on my knees for an eternity is kind of where my philosophy is at. Especially where, you know, some of the really suspect stuff I've done over the years with, especially in addiction. um, I hate to say it, but very little regard for my safety. And, and, and I've, and I've really upped that front. Like I'm really, you know, I, especially recently I've, I went to treat, I went to rehab and, and I gained like, 50 pounds. Um, sure. so I, I've, I've been, you know, just uncomfortably heavy and, and all this stuff and really have changed my diet and especially lately trying to get that immune system up. So if anything does happen just in general, just in general, it's good to do, but, um, you know, I, I'm more concerned with what I'm putting into my body and my energy levels and, and my chemicals in my brain make sure I'm still happy every day, but I'm with you. Like, I'm not going to hide out in my house and be freaked out. Um, I, I just be careful. You know, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't go make out with people that were infected with coronavirus or anything. But, uh, I think these people get freaked out because, you know, we've, the flu kills people. But I've had the flu several times and have never died. So I don't have, you know, every time I get the flu, I'm not like, oh my God, I could die. You know, there's like a a 0.5% chance I'm going to die. Right. But with coronavirus, it's so, uh, you know, the, it's, it's a baffling thing because some people get it, they're fine. Some people get it and they die. Right. Uh, 
it, some people get it and 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 almost die and it's like it, it's like a mixed bag of reactions so to somebody that's like never had it it's like okay which person am i you know right uh did i already have it and didn't notice um did i already have it and just think it was the flu i got really sick in um february right before like coronavirus was talked about but it was before it had big numbers or even a first case in the united states um, and I was sick for like two weeks. Like I couldn't go to work. Um, I, I don't remember having a fever, but I was really, I couldn't get out of bed. And then within like three or four days after I felt better, it was like everywhere in the U S. Um, so like for all I know, I could have had it already. And I know a lot of people that are kind of in that similar boat, like, um, January and February got really, really sick, like unusually. So, um, but it apparently wasn't over here yet, but who knows? Nobody was being tested over here. Right. But yeah, the the whole like unknown factor, it's something new. And so, you know, long story short, um, I am definitely not afraid to do some shows, especially if they're drive-in settings. And I, and I, and if, if things continue the way that they are now, I'm all about it. And uh, I'm going to try to be there to make it happen um, in creative ways. And I think that's what creative people do in general. They make the best out of any situation. Um, they turn suffering and, and hardship into, into something beautiful. And, um, that's what we're prepared to do. Am I, I right? Am I right, Corbin? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. You're right. Dude, that's, that's what it's all about for sure. Like, you know, suffering is unavoidable to me. So, I mean, like, I guess I'm like, uh, no matter how bad things get, like, I'm happy to be here, um, you know, and I, I've got a big heart. I feel bad for anybody who suffers Absolutely. unnecessarily, you know, for me with like the, the, the COVID thing, just like, uh, trying to be like smart about it. Legit, I've used more, I've used more hand sanitizer in the last two months than I've used in like. 27 years you know but at the end of the day like i've been drinking a lot more than usual <laughs> no, no, <just> <laughs> dude deep down I, have, I, heart, I, 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 uh, I, I do not drink but drinking hand sanitizer whoo <laughs> just fucking around nah dude it's uh <laughs> d- disinfectant you gotta and you can drink it but really you're supposed to in- inject it that's what that's what uh that's what our president said, you know, so I, think I can't believe he hasn't. I've been, be in, I've been injecting bleach for the longest. I can't believe Trump's just now hip to it. Yeah, dude. Like, <laughs> Got a cold, shoot up some bleach right in your jugular. <laughs> yeah, dude. That's, that's it. Well, Corbin Fowler, you should send me a track if you're down, uh, potentially something you're working on or whatever. Uh, say the name of the band again, Brevera. Rivera, here I'll I'll send you Rivera. one right now if you if you want to check it out. Cool, I will I will add it to the end of this episode. Are you, are they going to be all right with that? Yeah, um, nobody, I, I would... nobody listens to this show, <laughs> dude. I would I would say with like the only thing being is like you know this is this is old material. Like you can find this track on on Spotify. Oh, okay, but, cool. But if you listen to this track and you you're expecting our new album to sound like it then you're definitely going to be surprised because the new material 
it honestly sounds nothing like this. If I could, if I could say anything about the new material, uh, tease it just a little bit. Like it's, it's darker. It's fucking grimier. It's heavier. Um, mm. it's, it's sounds tasty. People are ready for it, man. Like for real, there's nothing, there's nothing in eerie, even remotely like what we're about to put out. And I'm honestly, I'm fucking beyond excited about it, dude. I'm so stoked. Can we get some spaceship sounds? We can. Corbin Fowler, thank you for joining me on Sinks Warner Fly. Dude, thank you so much for having me, man. It was really good to catch up with you. And um, Hell yeah. yeah Let's, uh, I'll hit you up soon. We'll talk, try to get together. Sounds good, man. And I look forward to seeing you out at the Riverside. Hell yeah, I'll see you there, man. With your mask on, your gloves, and your hazmat suit, and your your MAGA hat. <laughs> Later, guys.
Dragon!